Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And today, because it is Christmas, we get to save your faith. I cannot do this alone. I have been joined by an Emmy Award-winning journalist who has worked here at the Fox News Channel since 2005, the year my oldest was born. And she has given birth to many shows (laughs) on her journey, including Outnumbered and the Faulkner Focus. She hosts... The Faulkner Focus every day at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 in the West, and she is co-host of Outnumbered, which follows that. So it's it's two hours of power on FNC Ooh. every day. Harris Faulkner, welcome back to uh, Kennedy Saves the World. Thank you. I want you to introduce me every time I enter a room. Yeah, I will be your hype man. I like will be, at my, you be my Chuck D. I'll be your Flavor Flav. <laughs> well, oh, that would be fabulous. Yeah, that's right. I think that maybe my child who was born in 2005, late 2005, uh, might listen to me if you actually did that introduction. Thank you for I'd letting be like, me. Don't come believe in. the hype. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting me come in and be with you today. And uh, this is such a special treat. Yes, your book has really taken off, which just goes to show that people need it right now. And you know, it's like it's such a crazy time because we spent so much time alone and separated from one another. And in a way, the pandemic sort of separated some people from their humanity but people are really longing to get that back and i think that's one of the reasons your book has taken off because they want to reconnect with something and i think there's always this fear that if you have disconnected with god it is permanent and that is not the case it is not the case it is not the case in fact sometimes that distance away can give us the perspective of what it takes to really lean into God and to have him lean, lean into us. And I, I've fallen away and fallen in and, and had struggles in my life like everybody else. You know, we, we tend to come about faith as children. Our parents usher that into our lives, generally speaking. Someone who loves us takes us to church or to temple or wherever it is that we worship. But we don't make choices about our faith until we face our own Choices. Yes, and our struggles. Own, and sometimes our own existential crises. Exactly. Exactly. So, what I love about uh, Faith Still Moves Mountains is that it meets you at whatever season you are in life, just like God does. And the reason I wrote this book, Kennedy, is because as a journalist, I'm always collecting other people's stories. And embedded in them is always a story of survival and miracles. I cover a lot of disasters. I cover the Lee County, Alabama twister outbreak. Now, some of these are really contemporary. That was only 2019. And there was a woman in her 80s named Ernestine. And all of her neighbors knew this about her. She prayed mightily all the time. And she had a prayer closet inside of her home. And when the twister outbreak hit Lee County, Alabama, we were covering it. But what we didn't know is that the people 
on her street who lost their houses, you know, raised down to their foundations, knew that there would be one person who'd be praying for herself and for everybody else around them, and that was Ernestine. And her prayer closet survived. Wow. It was tattered. It was soaked. The paint had been stripped off. It's a wooden structure. And the the chapter in the book, The Power of a Prayer Closet, the strength of a prayer closet, the the believability that miracles happen all rolled into this chapter. And I love it because it tells the message of when to pray. And you can pray anytime. Ernestine had a place and a time every day where she prayed and the neighbors knew about it. She prayed every day at the same time in her prayer closet. But she prayed before the storm hit. And we all have proverbial storms in our lives. And it was the mighty power of that prayer, she would say, that connected her to the Lord. So she was praying all during the storm, Lord, thank you if it's your will to give me more of this life that you've blessed me with. If it's your will, I I would love that. Um, But I just want to tell you how much I love you and how grateful I am. Can you imagine having that kind of presence with literally the world being ripped apart? But she did because she prayed before the storms in her life. She prayed during the actual storm that time, but there had been many others, different struggles. And then she prayed mightily after everything had passed. And when the EMT showed up, she had a broken hip, and they pulled her to safety, and they said she was shouting, thank you to the Lord, gratitude and praising. And it's such a good lesson about locking in. We lock into a lot of things. Most people get up, and the first thing they do is touch their phone. My mom used to say that you are a reflection of the first thing that loves you and that you love each day. What do you reach for? I reach for the Lord, and then I reach for my children in that order, because oxygen mask on yourself before you help them. But my phone is farther down the list in the morning, and I work in news. I know this can be done. We're so addicted to things that don't edify us. They never did, by the way. It's not like social media suddenly became corrupt. It's always corrupted us in a way because it's addictive. I wish people would scroll through things that edify them and bring them closer to God and faith up rather than scroll by on Instagram. And even, you know, before you get to faith, you you find meaning and joy. Um, And when people grudge watch Fox, I'm always like, why are you wasting your time like this? If, If you don't enjoy this, if it doesn't make you happy, if it doesn't make you feel connected, if this is not how you want to get your news and information, why on earth do you do that to yourself? And there are people who watch just to get angry. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, and, and every once in a while, I'll be like, get a hobby. Like, find something in your life that is a, a, a signpost that, that gives you meaning that you can constantly touch and turn back to. If it's exactly. faith, that's fantastic. And, you know, for a lot of people, their faith is tested through things like grief and loss. And, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you reconnect to that? And I'm always amazed by the story of mother Teresa who throughout her life had a crisis of faith. And there were times in her life where she prayed, uh, she lived her life in service, but she did not feel God. You know, it's the reality that life becomes bigger than we are as we do more and live longer. One thing I write about in the book is finding your personal divine assignment by praying to God. And I know what my divine assignment in my life is. It always has been since I was little, and and that is to be a witness. 
Um, I tell other people's stories as a journalist, but the overarching role that I play on this planet is to witness incredible things and for people to tell me their deepest thoughts in confidentiality that I keep in confidence. Um, I knew that at a very young age because my mother really prophesied it. She would look at me and she would say, you know, if you ever stop talking, the Lord would give you a divine assignment and you could be a real force in the world. And it was that if you ever stop talking for her. She always had like a little nugget in there, a yeah. little vegetable in but there. But I have to say, <laughs> the fact that you're able to talk is not only what sustains you and your family, but a lot of people. And and you and Greg Gutfeld and Dana Perino. And you. And Tyrus. Like you are, you are a few of the people that people ask me about wherever I go. Aww. And I have, I have a good friend in Indiana, Kimberly. And, you know, we go and visit her every year and we go water skiing and we just have a great time. And we eat watermelon and drink Big Red. Mm-hmm. And she's always like, sometime will you please bring Harris? Aww. And I was like, I think Harris would have a great time at the moment. I would. So it, one of the most interesting things about you is you grew up in a military family. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in a lot of places. So whenever we do a story, you're like, oh, yep, Kansas City. I'm from there. <laughs> Minnesota? I'm, I'm from there. It's probably annoying. Arizona? <laughs> I'm from Arizona. But where? What feels like home to you? Oh, that's such a great question. Home is anywhere in America. I'm really fond of of this country. And I've been on military bases all over it. And I have been. My parents were stationed in Fredericksburg and Stuttgart, uh, Germany. And I was a little one and have some memories. I started school there uh, in Germany. But really, I could live anywhere in America. I'm good. I'm really. and, And I've seen enough of the world to know how special a place it is. I don't have that you know, connection with one single place like many people do. My husband was born and raised in Tucson, Arizona, and he became a reporter and moved around. But, I mean, I've moved since birth. I was I was a true brat, born, raised, and transferred. But I feel like you are connected to so many places. So, like, I have I a am. couple of those places. Like, Indiana, like, you know, the, the lake where we grew up. Like, when I drive up and I see that lake, I'm like, mm-hmm. I am home. Like, I feel in my heart like I'm at home. And when I go to my mom's house, I'm like, oh, I'm home. And everywhere yeah. else is just sort of... Temporary, like a a long-term hotel room. That's how New Jersey feels a little bit, although I've lived in New Jersey three times in my life because my dad was a a base commander. He led a battalion down at Fort Monmouth along the shore in New Jersey. So I was there in third grade and then again there in um, junior high, freshman year in high school. And then now I live in Jersey because I work in New York. I'm not really a big city girl, but I love Arizona. And, and it's funny because Pete Hexeth and I were having this conversation when he was on the couch with us, I think yesterday. And um, I said, I don't know why suddenly I feel connected to something more than I ever have been. Like, I don't I have to see how long it's going to be, you know, but I think it's because my husband, Tony, is from there. And when we go home, it's like a relief. I feel like I can. Well, first of all, I scunchify my life immediately rip off all the makeup and just be who I am oh, at yeah. all times. But there's, I just feel open. I go to church more there, probably because I have more free time. I'm not working when I'm there. But I feel supported. In fact, one of the first prayer circles for Faith Still Moves Mountains was out by the pool because the book had just come out. And we had just left the Patriot Awards, which was the first event that I went to with, with the book. And I started these prayer circles with people because the book lines were really long. You probably are more familiar with the Patriot Awards. I mean, it's like 6,500 Fox viewers. Like, I didn't know. So 
we would hold hands and pray while people got their books. And, and I did one in Arizona, and it was different. I can't explain it. It was home. Like, people came and they knocked on the, the glass door because all the houses kind of face into the subdivision pool. And they were like, is Harris here? We saw on Instagram that she does a prayer circle. By the way, I'm finding all new ways to do social media, like with goodness. Um, but anyway, so I walk outside, throw on a cover-up, and we start to talk about the book. They each had a copy of the book, which humbled me. They were giving it to friends and, and loved okay, ones Okay, I, I just want to stop you for one second. On the Outnumbered Couch, I, I am not kidding you. Every day there's someone on the Outnumbered Couch that shows up with 10 books. That is not, an, and I've, I've seen a lot of people write a lot of books here at Fox, and I've seen people uh, write historical books. I've seen people write memoirs. Yes. This is the first time I've seen people, and they, show, they, they practically each need a wheelbarrow to bring up the books <laughs> for Harris to sign, like, and, can, and, and Harris signs each and every one, like, can you sign that to my Aunt Jenny? And that one's for Rick. <laughs> But it's Rick with a C. There's not a K. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. No, you were telling my life story no, right but, now. But you, like, people show up. They they want they to be a part of it because they want to be reconnected. And they want to be, they don't want to be laughed at. They don't want to be mocked. They they don't want to have their, exactly their right. lives and their faith and something that mm-hmm. is that important to them picked apart. They yeah. want to be a part of something and they want to feel good about it and they want other people to feel good about it. It's so true. You know, we don't want to be canceled because we have hope. We don't want to be canceled because we know the power of prayer. And it's where you started moments ago. People are looking for something. They locked down the places of worship in many yeah, of our states. Before across. the bars. Can you should have that? combined them. I mean, <laughs> you could get to go alcohol delivered at your doorstep, but you couldn't get a prescription in my neighborhood yet. They were working on that, but you could get the alcohol. Then finally they figured out, okay, well, the CVS is going to deliver. Well, can I have a priest, a rabbi, somebody come by to pray with me? No, we don't. We, we, you can't get together with anybody and the churches are closed. So this whole online thing started and I visited First Baptist Dallas over the weekend. I was just there two days, a couple days ago. Um, and, you know, they were leading up to today, Christmas. And they said, People are giving your book as Christmas, so we want to bring you in so you can talk about the gift of faith. Mm. And we did two services with Pastor Robert Jeffress, and I ended up in tears because I had never seen—it's not me. It is the message, Kennedy. I'm just the vessel. I carry the book with me, and I I had these special bookmarkers made, so even if people already have their books, I just take them out of my purse and give them to people and say, well, when you get to the glossy insert that has the original prayers, you're going to need the matching glossy book. (laughs) Like I'm having conversations with people, and they'll turn and they'll say, my mom just died. What should I read? And I would say you should read the short prayer on lamenting. Mm. You don't need eloquent, perfect words to reach God. And if if you're young in your faith walk, not by age, but by experience— or you've not prayed in a long time, it's a good place to start. And then dig into the stories. I'm getting so many more stories. I know you're you're going to have to do at least another edition. This is Kennedy Saves the World. Don't go anywhere. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I want to talk about something. Um, I was really struck by how moved you were when you found out that DJ Twitch died. Oh. And, you know, 
you knew a lot about his life. You had seen a lot of his videos. And, you know, it's I think part of the problem is we become so enamored of other people's happiness. And we yeah. just assume that happiness is a zero-sum game. So if some, someone wow. else has it, then we don't have it as much. And, and our lives won't measure up. And, and here was a person with a beautiful family and just like this radiant, infectious joy that was constant and by all accounts, a decent, wonderful, happy, giving person who succumbed to suicide. And he, he took his own life. And, you know, you were really... You were really emotional about that. You were, and then I heard you talking with Martha about the part of the book that I, I want people to hear this because this is a time of year when people are struggling. Yes, and, absolutely. You know, they may be a few years into just desolation and loneliness, and it feels like three years may seem like a long time. It is still, in the grand scheme of things, temporary. And a, so a permanent solution to a temporary problem is just... It, it it should be preventable. And you have a part of your book about that as well. Well, I, I address depression, drug addiction. Um, depression hangs on so tightly to you that you end up almost having it become your identity. And because it's enveloped in who you are, you don't, it's harder for the public looking at you not to see beyond the smile. And I think the death of Twitch and I'd watched him on Ellen, and, and he has all these great dance videos all over the place. I've never met him. But I think why that, that particularly hurt me is because I've been writing so much and talking with so many people now on the book tour trail about being real in life and letting people see who you really are. And if you can't show that to your loved ones, show that to the Lord. But you have to express it. What I saw in him was how much joy, as you just so eloquently described, Kennedy, that he brought everybody else. So we stopped looking beyond that. But it was a stark reminder that there's always something deeper than what we see. And I felt a little bit of guilt at that moment because when my father passed on Christmas Day in 2020, I was angry. I could not understand how... I could have the blessing of a new show coming, all of these two beautiful children, a, a husband that I love so much. And I, I just couldn't understand how can you bless me with so much and take away my foundation? And what I realized was having lost my mom four years before, and I know you know what this is like, it's not that we're ungrateful. It's just that we had an idea that maybe the people who had done so much in our lives with and for us would be there to witness the proceeds of their investments of love and care and raising us. And I don't have that. And what I, I had to do was find another father. And I became enveloped. And I, I just immersed myself in silence in the presence of the Lord. I had, did not know what to say. Yeah. But I remembered my mother saying, if you're ever lost and you begin to pray, don't speak. Just sit. Let him do what he's going to do in his time. But give him time to do it. And Ernestine's journey in the prayer closet speaks to me like my mother did. Pray now. There's another storm coming. Start praying now. 
And and so I miss my dad, but they both give me this energy now to know that I'm praying before the next storm, and it will come, and I'll pray through it, and if it's God's will, I'll pray in gratitude on the other side. But most importantly, my kids have to see how I survive. That's a, one of the most important things. And, you know, when my dad passed away, he, yeah, there were times that my girls saw me crying because you can only hold it in so long. Yes. And when your mom was sick— I remember you telling me something that was so profound. You said, I would cry in the pool because when I would dive in the pool, no one could see me. And yeah. it's like, God can see you. You know, it's like God's right there through the whole He's thing. Right there. Every, every stage of grief, which changes so much. Yeah. And then, you know, what you get on the other side, because grief doesn't go away. It is not the cessation of grief. It is, it is something that is incredibly dynamic. But when it changes and you reconnect with that love, and, and, you know, the strength starts to build again, like when you come back from an injury, uh, that's, I, I think that's where you are placed with so much wisdom. And oh, it's so true. You know, I'm curious with your own journey, and I, I remember we were both going through periods of parental loss, and you're so funny, and you have so much energy. How do you do that? Where does it come from that you can do that when you hurt so much? Because that's part of the message I want to share with people. You're one of the strongest people I know, but you are also accessible in your emotions. I think, I mean, just for me, part of it is being um, half peasant, half hillbilly. And and it's she like... She says with like the most expensive New York Ranger sweater I've ever seen. Right. It's, it's so right. gorgeous. But we're always aspirational. Is There's light and dark in every single person. You know, and it's like, if if we don't admit that, like, I have a dark sense of humor and I also feel very deeply, like I feel emotions, I feel other people's emotions. Um, I worry a lot, like I'm a big worrier. Hmm. And it's like that you might consider that darkness, but that is like the reflection of the other side of me. And if I only tried to show people like the happiness all the time, that would be... um, that would be a half truth and that would be a life yeah. half lived. So in that my experience, so like you, you have to feel and experience everything. And I have to have good friends around me because I have to be able to call them and tell them like, I can't hold up the ceiling much longer. Like my arms are going to give way. Yeah. It is almost too much. And it's like, it's very interesting because I was going through something lately and I was like, I was telling my older daughter something and I was like, I just want to thank God right now because I didn't think I could laugh this hard when everything fell apart. I thought I had heard everything, but I've heard something. And I want to thank God for that. And then I reconnected with a different type of prayer because before it was very meditative. And then I went in instead of a passive to an active prayer. And it was so incredibly helpful. And it, it reconnected me with something that I had been lacking. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being on the podcast. Like, I hope Absolutely. people listen to this, and I hope they read your book, and I hope that they find new ways to explore their faith. And even if you're an atheist, you know, it's like challenge yourself, challenge your beliefs, and you you never know what side of the coin will come up for you. That is so true. I mean, I you know, people say, well, what if I don't quite know if God exists? Well, Gallup has found that in the 1940s was the last time that most of America believed that God exists and intervenes in our lives. So a lot of people are statistically losing their faith. Um, but at the same time, people will come in and out of faith. And there's an opportunity to 
read Faith Still Moves Mountains and have yourself inside these stories of miracles where you can see how it worked for other people. And, and you can understand why even after years of being in a wheelchair, when a young woman who was in her 20s was told, you'll never walk, you're never going to be healthy, and they put her in palliative care places. Wow. Right? So she's around all these people who are constantly dying. Her name is Danny, and she met the love of her life. He was like her only age contemporary in that setting. And they were at church shortly after they had gotten together and married. And she was still young. Not as young, but like our age. Yeah. Ageless. That's absolutely right. And she got up one day in church and walked. And he said, there's no way anybody could have seen that coming. No, but that's the, the beautiful thing about stories like that is you get to see yourself in a part of every of it, every every single one of those stories. So if, if you've said to yourself, I could never do that, read this, and y- you will see that there is a strength inside of you that you have never known. You are stronger than you think. Oh. And God forbid you have to be tested to tap into that, but it is there in ways that, that you cannot imagine. Um, Pastor Jeffers and I talked at First Baptist Dallas this month of December about why God has struggle in our lives. And Kennedy just hit the nail on the head. It is part of our love walk with God. He, he tested everybody. Joseph was tested. The book of Job, read it. The yep. Satan, was, Satan was off the fascism. Yeah, you think your life is hard now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Satan was really moving and wanted to prove to God that if you didn't bless him so much, he wouldn't follow you. So God puts struggle in his life the way he does in our lives or allows it to happen or it happens and he's, he gets to see who will become in that because we do have free choice. And Kennedy, in those moments, the reason that you could feel such deep joy and laughter was because you chose him. That's right. Yeah. And it faith is- will help you move the mountains in your life still. I put that word still in there because I think people wonder, well, could it be for me? It can be. Absolutely right. And and it is it is a beautiful evolution. Uh, so I encourage you to keep growing. I want to thank you thank so you. much for being a part of the podcast, for writing the book, for reconnecting with people and connecting them to something uh, universal and shared. Thank you, Kennedy. I Harris love you. Faulkner. I love you too. You're amazing. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.